Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers hey, Radio. 6.30 there Chad. You got Mike? You got Mike? All right, welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer joining you. It's uh, 106 in Edmonton, hour number two of Oilers Now. Minor technical difficulty. Uh, Twinkle Toes Stauffer here knocked the uh, power out of the uh, ISDN machine, so uh, couldn't hear the station there for a couple of minutes. Like, What's going on? Oh, wait, there's no power. Second hour of Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex, who wish you and yours all the best during these uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Uh, two guys with a connection to uh, the state of Pennsylvania coming up in this hour. We'll talk to a uh, longtime NHL player, now currently NHL Network analyst Mike Rupp, as well is uh, well, Jack Michaels from Western Pennsylvania. And technically, Mike is from uh, Ohio, but uh, he was a big physical forward back in the day. And we're going to head off right now to the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing good, Bob. How about you? Good, good, good. Uh, we're pretty excited. Gonna, you know, have some hockey to talk about again. Uh, very atypical. You know, you played a long time in the National Hockey League, six hundred plus games. What do you think of this format? Uh, it's interesting. Um, you know what? I, I give I give credit to the league and the players' association. Um, I thought they were very creative through this. Uh, unique time and uh you know i think it adds a different you know a fresh kind of new look to it as far as uh the competitive nature having more teams involved and uh i thought they've done a really good job i think they've all been craving sports and craving hockey and um this is going to give us a, a really unique uh but very competitive uh games coming up here in about a week or so the fact that they combine the return to play, uh, Mike, with a four-year CBA extension, also, you know, perhaps illustrating this was the time not to be divisive, and uh, as opposed to, you know, what we got to work together for the betterment long term of our industry and our business. I found that to be quite refreshing. What about you? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, you know, it's. Uh, I think prior to this. 
this lockdown or, or shutdown, I should say, um, I think we were kind of, I mean, for me, just looking on track record, uh, I was expecting to have a work stoppage again here in the near future. <laughs> so uh, it's great to get that stuff done. I think that the the league is, is done, a, again, a, fa- a fantastic job trying to change things. The Players Association have come together, too, and they lay out a plan to kind of recover from and get back to where the league was, uh, you know, prior March. So, uh, and that's going to take a number of years to do so. So they, you can't really afford any stoppage after after something like this. And got to give a lot of props to them because, uh, and as a fan of the game, it's it's awesome because to know that we have some secure hockey to be played in, in the coming years, that's what we all want, and uh, and we got it. From the NHL Network, Mike Rupp, Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers. Now, Mike, you uh, you played a long time in the league. Who do you think has an advantage in this situation? A more experienced veteran team or a younger team? I'll be honest, I thought about this a lot. Um, I think a younger team. I really do. I think that a, a, a team, um, I, I just, I'm speaking from experience as a player. When I got to be probably 28, 29, 30 in that range, and then obviously carry on after that, it it takes a little while. It's just human nature for your body to get up to speed. And I always felt like my seasons, it took me all every second of training camp. Um, then it was a little bit into the regular season until I really started feeling good. I think young players you know, are very uh, adaptive. Uh, their bodies handle things differently. And I also think from kind of the, the nature of just a little, being a little bit naive and not really um, being set in your ways as a player and the structure of the way you approach your game could, could bode well for you at this time because you don't really know what to expect. So you just go, oh, we, whoa, we get to play hockey again? Let's do it. Like, you know, we haven't played in a while and guys are excited I, I think that the youthful legs on some of these teams could be a real advantage i really do well one thing that has to happen and it doesn't matter what industry we're talking about mike is you got to have your best people totally engaged and uh you know i'm watching the Oilers scrimmage the last couple days and they're not skating today but the, the scrimmage the last couple days and mcdavid frankly connor and we didn't know the full severity of the injury in the off season we never we found that out when they did the uh you know when they did the documentary on it uh but he he and this is crazy to say he almost looks like he's got another gear from the fall like he is flying and then Drysaddle has unequivocally emerged over the course of the last two years as one of the, you know one of the top five or six players in the world and when you have guys like that that are pushing the pace and making everybody else go as well and there's a, there, there's a tentativeness right from the opening moment that they're on the ice together what does that do for a team collectively when you're bet i mean you played with Sidney crosby and malkin in pittsburgh and crosby is you know a driver what is what does that do for your group as a whole when you have that going on well you automatically know when you have two players like that that you've got a legitimate shot so I think that that's enough to get you going. And if if for some reason you need more than that, um, you don't want to get left in the dust. You want to be a part of something special. When you have special players like that and they approach the game and their craft the way that Dreisaitl, McDavid, Crosby, Malcolm, these types of guys do, um, you know what, That's it's an opportunity for you no matter what your role is with the team. you got to figure out what, what can I do now to add to this. And 
Um, you know, and even to go back on the Connor topic that you're talking about with his injury, I mean, I just know from from playing, I mean, some of these injuries, and we know after the fact now that Connor's injury should have taken longer. It really should have, but he's he approached it in a unique way. He attacked it. He had the right people around him, and he came back. And in our minds, watching, he didn't look like he missed a beat. Right. Um, but I'm sure in his mind, you know, more rest, he probably feels better now and, and more fresh. And uh, you're talking about two players in Dreisaitl and McDavid who are number one and number three, uh, respectively, in the National Hockey League with forwards and time on ice per game. You know, Jack Eichel's number two. And so the fact that just even even on a, a completely healthy offseason last season, Connor McDavid running them through the gauntlet all year long, and Leon Dreisaitl, who I will be flipping tables if he does not win the Hart Trophy, uh, will uh, these guys they get a recharge, and that's that's not good for the opponent. So uh, you know it, it's something that I think that injury wise, the, the the everyday wear and tear, it's huge, and these two guys eat up a lot of minutes. You know, and I, the other thing I want to throw in there, Bob, too, is I, you and I have been talking for a couple of years now, and you've been uh, – I've got to give you credit. You've been I've, – I've questioned Leon Dreisaitl to you and said, hey, what – I don't know. I like him a lot, but can he drive? Can he drive? Uh, yeah, I'd say he can drive. So uh, that's why I'm all, I'm all on board, and that's why this guy should be the hard trophy winner. Well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting because, uh, you know, they're playing Chicago. We have a healthy amount of respect for Chicago. They, of course, you know, won the three Stanley Cups over the five-year runs. For a while, everybody wanted to be like Detroit and play like Detroit, right, throughout the 2000s. So, you know, the Red Wings were, you know, a classy team, competitive team. They won multiple championships. They didn't, they didn't necessarily play the most physical brand, but they had, you know, a lot of puck possession, and they cycled you to death, and their defense could transition the puck. And Chicago became that team for the first half of the, you know, I guess Chicago and L.A., and they won differently. You know, L.A. was more physical. Uh, the Hawks were a little bit more skilled. Um how much of a threat do you think Chicago is? I mean, they kind of, you know, they, they made a couple trades, Mike, where they moved out Robin Lehner, who's a heck of a goaltender, in my opinion, and then Gustafson, who the Oilers drafted, he had 60 points a couple of years ago. Um, but they still have Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze, and I know that's got a, and they've got a good supporting cast with young, specifically young forwards. I know that they've got some of our fans nervous because a team like that's always dangerous, aren't they? They are, and and when this when this format was was released, and I saw this matchup, my initial knee jerk reaction was, oh no, that's not good for Edmonton because I just think that the stars can align for this team, and it scares you. It scares you as far as Chicago and and the the guys that they have and the superstars that they have. But the more I've been kind of sitting with it, I'm starting to feel more confident with the Oilers, and I'll tell you why. I've been looking at I've been looking into some of the the, the research on on the Blackhawks, and we've known that they they've had defending issues, not just defensemen, uh, you know, goaltending and just just their forwards. They, there's not a very well structured team on the defensive side of the puck. Um, I think that's going to be a problem. I think it really is going to be a problem for them. So I think that uh, the other thing that's going really good for for the Edmonton Oilers uh, prior pause was. The special teams, I know everybody's talking about, that's huge. And a penalty kill is 10 times more important come playoff time than a power play. 
But if your power plays uh, one of the tops in the league, too, that's obviously a very good thing. And the Evans Oilers have both those two things going. So um, I think that this, this series is going to – goaltending, I mean, you could say that about every series. There's a big question mark, I think, in, in Chicago of, like, where's, is Corey Crawford going to be healthy? Is he going to play? Where, where are things going to be at? Right. Um, that's, a, that's a huge question mark. The other things that I look at is, all right, we know about the big guns on each team. I think the series could be won by lines three and four, and that's what playoff hockey usually is, usually is about. And, you know, which which of these teams are going to have those other guys that we said at the top here is, is what can I do to pull the rope? We know what the big guys are going to do. What, what can I do to contribute to us winning on a nightly basis? And uh, I think that's going to have to be uh, decided uh, in between the years on these third and fourth lines for each team. Well, one of the things that Dave Tippett did well, I mean, the Oilers, the highest combined special teams, second highest in NHL history, only the 1977-78 Islanders uh, had a higher combined uh, special teams. Edmonton first in the league in the power play, second on PK. But Dave Tippett found a way to empower everybody on the team. Mike, like he, everybody felt like they contributed, right? You got Kara centering the fourth line right now. He's on the, you know, he's on the PK, and then Chase on and Neil are on his wings on the fourth line, but they're the net front presence alternating on the power play, and Shane and Archibald are on the third line, and they're a huge part of the penalty kill. Athanasiu is right, you know, yesterday at practice was on their line. He's on the second power play unit. So everybody's kind of got a role uh, along the way, and, um, you know, you were a support player, and, and for a lot of the fans, the first time they saw you was during that 03 run with the Devils when uh, Scott Stevens was blowing up Paul Correa. And I think you, you snuck through and had a pretty productive four-game run there in the playoffs. And that's important, isn't it, for a coach to find a way to be inclusive to everybody because it does a great thing in terms of team building. Absolutely. And I've, I've always thought that, you know, I've had coaches that have been very good with it, and I've had coaches that, that haven't been. And, you know, the way I always looked at it was I want, if I'm a coach, I want, you know, you're, you're dressing for a game, 12 forwards, six defense, and you got 18 skaters. I want everybody that I can to feel acclimated in the game. Sure, that's going to feel different for some guys. If you're a third or fourth line guy and you get seven minutes, you got to find a way to get acclimated in those seven minutes. If it's nine minutes, you got to find a way to be acclimated or else, you should you shouldn't be in that situation. You should find somebody else. And so, but a coach to give guys those jobs, those responsibilities, whether it's PK shifts, defensive zone face off, these things where you feel like you really have a place. You're not just uh, you're not just buying a couple minutes for the big dogs to kind of get their rest. I think it goes a long way because now you get if you can get 18 skaters acclimated in the game, you have 18 possibilities of somebody coming through. And when those coaches that shorten benches don't really have those roles you might be you might be going into games where you legitimately have 11 or 12 of your 18 that that you're giving them a chance to make a difference sure the top guys are going to make the difference more times than the, than the guys lower on the totem pole but don't you want every guy to feel acclimated into the game enough to make a difference because i'm a perfect example of that i wasn't a big name player but pat burns made me feel acclimated into the lineup, I felt good about my game, and I felt like it was an opportunity for me to strike because no one's looking at me. They're looking at, you know, Patty Eliash, Scott Gomez, um, you know, the, these types of players. So uh, that's big. When a coach can come in there and make everybody feel important, 
and, and genuinely can feel like they can make a difference. That's all been in us. We've all dreamt it. We've all dreamt it outside on the lakes and on the driveways um, of being those those heroes. Well, let's give everybody an opportunity to feel acclimated in the game so they can actually come through and do it. We're joined by a longtime NHLer now with the NHL Network, Mike Rupp, Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. Mike, who do you like in the East? Uh, the Eastern Conference is, is tough for me. Uh, that one... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know because I'm sitting here and uh, I certainly think the Penguins are in a really unique situation because this might be the first time uh, in a very long time uh, that I can say Latang, Malkin, and Crosby are all healthy going into playoff hockey yep. at the same time. Well, we know Crosby hasn't been on the ice the last couple of days, but barring anything significant, usually there's a significant injury surrounding one of those players in the playoffs or just before the playoffs. So I think that's unique. I wouldn't be surprised if they go on a run. I think the Flyers have the opportunity to, to make some noise, make some hay. Um, but for me, I, I still I still think that the Tampa Bay Lightning, I, I there's just that team is too well built. I have to think that they learned from last year. Um, so I guess if I had to pin someone now, I think Tampa Bay would be the team that I that I uh, I think will come out of the East. Now, they were one of the teams, right, along with Carolina, that kind of voted against originally returning to play in, in sort of the format that at one point was structured. Are, would you be concerned by that at all? Um, you know, maybe not. You know, not at this point, I don't think so. Because okay. I think everybody knows now, and they've had time to to get um, – dialed back in i i think it's a situation where there's some uncertainty at the time too i mean i'm sure there was some health issues that, or concerns the players had to vote that way but also as far as the gamesmanship or the gameplay um you know this tampa bay lightning team was one of the hottest teams in, in the nhl for a, a very good stretch before the pause and uh you know to kind of get tossed into a situation where you might almost feel like your team has taken a step backwards. Um, maybe that was something that came into play, but once once everybody's, you know, it's voted on and, and, and it's happening, it's playing, now it's about getting focused. And, you know, this is a team that I'm very interested. I think we'll know right away when this starts, when you see that Lightning team hit the ice, they got to have a chip on their shoulder. If they don't have a chip on their shoulder and you don't watch them and say, oh, oh my gosh, they look ticked off, they're done because uh, they've got to bring that. That's something that they lacked last year, and I like the moves that they made. When they went out and got Blake Coleman, they went out and got Barclay Goodrow. These are players that they do those intangibles, and, uh, you know, they're they're banking and hoping that those guys are going to make a difference and, and, and help kind of do some of the things that their star players uh, haven't done in the past. All right, that's uh, full disclosure here. Uh, a number of years ago, and you know, you know the story. Uh, the the Edmonton Oilers expressed a lot of interest in you to sign you at one time. Would the conversation have gone differently if Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle were on the team for you? And I, I, I I'm trying to remember is that is that when you signed with the, uh, left Pittsburgh to sign with the Rangers? I think that's when that occurred. Yeah, that's where that occurred. Um, you know what? I'll tell you one thing, though. From when speaking to the Oilers, one of the things that was very intriguing to me, and at that time, you know, I was coming off of my, my best years in the NHL. And right. Dan Bosman in Pittsburgh said to me when I signed in New Jersey, he said, hey, Mike, here's the deal. You're going to be, you're going to be, our, you know, you're, you're a third, fourth-line guy. You're going to probably get your four or five minutes on the fourth line each night. 
But here's the here's the the caveat. You're going to get four or five minutes up with either Crosby, Malkin, or Jordan right. Stahl. Because that's right. the way we roll our lines. And we're going to filter in and fill, uh, we're going to rotate a centerman through uh, that fourth line on a lot of occasions. Pretty tough. So to, like, pretty tough. Yeah. yeah. Pretty tough yeah, to match. I'm like, that. I'm sold. So what, what ends up happening is I get an opportunity for the first time in my career to be like, all right, I've always thought I could do more. Let's see what I can do. And it, it, the game's different when, when you're with those guys. you got to be ready. you got it. And you can't defer to those players all the time. They want to play with you. They don't want you to rely on them. So it, it was a little adjustment. But I found myself at times with Dan Bilesma playing uh, a week and a half time on, on uh, a line with Sid and Gino. And Gino was playing wing. And, and that's what you want as a player. So when I'm talking to the Oilers, they say, hey, listen, here's the deal. You're going to be third, fourth line guy. You're going to be playing up with Halsey. We want you to be in those situations. And for me, I'm like, all right, that's what we're talking about. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I yeah. want. I want to go in there. I want to create some space. And I know that I'm not going to be a guy that's going to hang on that top line for four months straight. But give me, give me a few games here and there, and uh, we'll all live the dream. and We'll have fun doing it. It was close. But, yes, to answer your question, if there was a Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, I don't think there'd be any hesitation. I'd be in Edmonton. Yeah. There you go. Hey, Mike, we'll do this again. Thanks for your time, all right? Anytime, Bob. Take care, man. Enjoy. You bet. That's Mike Rupp, longtime NHLer, played over 600 games in the uh, National Hockey League, was a first-round pick, ninth overall of the Islanders back in 1998, was redrafted uh, by the New Jersey Devils in 2000, joined the Devils for the 0304 Cup run. Uh, check that, the 0203 Cup run when they beat Anaheim. Uh, that was your Jaguar won the uh, Conn Smythe. 126 in Edmonton. And uh, we are going to tell you this. We're going to get into, uh, I was, again, Mike Rupp joining us. You can text us at any time on our Ashley Pine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. Ashley Pine Floors providing winning results for 35 years. Into the Oilers Now Injury Report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, a uh, Grey Cup champion. With the Edmonton Football Club? Well, they were called the Eskimos back then. Uh, also was an all-star safety, was a great player at the University of Alberta. Jim Brown, former Edmonton Oil King. Here's Brendan Escott. What do you got? Habs forward Max Domi did return to practice with the team today after taking more of a wait-and-see approach uh, because of his type 1 diabetes, just in terms of that enhanced COVID-19 risk. But he was skating this morning. The Habs play the Penguins. All nine of the Penguins players who had been potentially exposed uh, sort of via third party to COVID, they were uh, skating alone last week in that group of nine, which has since uh, joined the main practice as of this morning. Their captain, however, was not a part of that uh, scrimmage they had going on. Sidney Crosby not participating today was held out yesterday as well with that unfit designation. And uh, Canucks forward Michael Furlan opening up to reporters on a Zoom call about the recovery from a concussion that he suffered the night before Halloween last year. So supposedly uh, it's Furlan's vestibular system, which is like the inner ear system that helps your, yep. your brain and your body process movement and spatial awareness. That
that's what he's been working to rehab so he can get back onto the ice. He's only 12 games, Bob, 12 games into his four-year, $14 million deal with the Canucks. Uh, he, he's, he's a heavy puncher. Like, he can, he swings from downtown, no question about that. Do you want to mention uh, Cars Class Less in Wetaskiwin, and they're keeping it safe out at Brent Ridge Ford, who are nine-time President's Diamond Award winners for customer satisfaction, of course, uh, still following all the health protocols. You can uh, reach out for outstanding service. Uh, they bring it at the time of the purchase, and they continue that standard of service after the sale as well. So you can uh, visit or call Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford at one 877 or go online at brentridge.com. Jack Michaels, my play-by-play voice after a global news weather traffic update, Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.